0: Welcome to the Life After Swim podcast. I'm so excited to have Elizabeth McKenna as our guest this week. She swam at Loyola College and she's the assistant swim coach for University of North Florida. So Liz, how has your week been going? How are things where you are?
1: Week has been going well. Um, I will say it's getting chilly here in North Florida. So we're bundling up, but uh, sun is still shining. So the smiles are still on our faces. So can't complain.
0: Yeah. Did you always know you were going to be a coach? Like, what drew you to coaching? And at one point, what point did you know you wanted to be a swim coach?
1: So I really did not know when I wanted to be a coach, nor did I think I was going to continue to be a swim coach. Um, I went to school, and I end with my bachelor degree in communications. So I was PR advertising, and I had a minor in marketing. My dream job was to go sports marketing, work for a big affiliate like the NFL, MLB, or even be a sideline broadcaster. I even almost did a double major of journalism thrown into the mix. So none of that really occurred to me. Um, after college, kind of went into a mix of different jobs, working for local news stations. And after that, seeing I wasn't really meant for the corporate gig. Um, I had started to study to become a personal trainer. And as I was doing that, I was able to get into connection with a few uh, private high schools uh, around the area I was living in. And I ended up coaching for the William Penn Charter School, which is uh, pretty well known in the Philadelphia area. And from there, I was just like, you know what, let me just give this a full go. So I Dove into the city went full personal training kept coaching on the side. Um, once I saw that the coaching and personal training were very much co- like colliding heads. Um, I gave up coaching and I went full time fitness in the city. Um, COVID hit and that was a whole different scenario. All the gyms were shut down. We had not yet entered any virtual of anything. So um after being laid off, went on unemployment, still was working for one studio that was able to keep us working virtually. Um, I was able to get a call from the head coach here at UNF, and he had presented an opportunity and saying that uh, he would very much like for me to give it a try. So went through the interview process, was like, you know what, now or never, and here we are. And I am now the assistant swim coach here.
0: Right. That that's so funny. It always works out. Like you went from coaching, then you stopped, and then now you're coaching again. So so I'm going to school for physical therapy. They're they're very like, yeah, so I'm just excited uh-huh. to talk about like what kind of personal training you do? Like what group mm-hmm. you work for?
1: Yeah, so I'm certified under NASM, and a lot of the personal training I was doing was at specific studios or gyms within Center City Philadelphia. Now, all the personal training I take as um, an individual entity. So it's just my personal training clients uh, licensed under me and um, just through my NASM certification and my strong first kettlebell one coaching certification. um, I've been able to create a pretty well base of being able to take people virtually and both in person. If I had the hours in my day, but virtually tends to work a little bit better for now.
0: (laughs) Were you, were you always virtual or kind of COVID kind of presented that opportunity?
1: COVID totally crushed us into, into that. So I always had thought about it. I'm much more of a in-person person. I love to be able to see people really talk to them, really build the relationship. But yeah, COVID gave us that full opportunity of, well, this is your only way to get to your people. And we've made it work. And now I'm very fortunate for it because it's allowed me to keep all my clients from up home and still keep a connection with them and get them on their health and wellness while I live here in Florida. So it's uh, the best of both worlds, to say the least.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's really cool to see like how that all worked out, especially with personal training like cuz I know PT like we went online for, or people went online for school like I'm a first-year student, but yep. it's like seeing people like do like the goniometer stuff on their like stuffed animals like in the pandemic is so weird.
1: I know. And my cousin, she's uh in pre-med. And just some of the things that uh sorry, no, she's in med school. Sorry. Um, she went pre-med, but she's in med school. And I was asking her about like her labs and things. And she's like, yeah, it's like all online. And like, we're watching surgeries and things of that nature. Well, if she can do that, I could very well train some people. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, you mentioned you're the assistant coach. Like, what would you say your coaching philosophy is? Do you prefer like more yardage, um, shorter yardage, or just like sprinting over distance? How is
1: yeah so a lot of the philosophy of just coaching in general from my standpoint is who is my audience um, there are many different humans that work under one entity or one uh, spectrum um, actually they fall upon a spectrum but under one umbrella so with my swimmers uh, i'm mainly stroke stroking im for specific groups of swimmers um but Regardless, I read to what they need upon how they're performing. Sometimes, even though someone only swims four laps up and down the pool, um, they might not have a fast enough tempo. So I might need to get them to where they're swimming uh, harder burst, more sprint-oriented work. But if I see that they can go out fast, but they can't bring it home on the back half, then we're gonna be working a little bit more distance and yardage. So I really read per individual and I try to make it as a collective whole to be able for everyone to walk away from a practice knowing they've gained something. Um, So it could move with my audience, but I'll always go from the philosophy that there's more than just one way to go about a whole group and even just one person.
0: Right. That's so interesting that you mentioned like you you pretty much personalize it based on the person. Is that something you learned from like personal training kind of? I can see like a big like parallel with that.
1: Yes, definitely. Something I learned from personal training. Also something that I've observed in my own experience, um, knowing that uh, through my career, I wouldn't say I had the most hands on experience when it came to coaches. But that's also a different era. So I just want to bring as much of uh, a seeing eye so that every athlete knows that they're heard. Um, Will I make them understand that, hey, yeah, I know that this is what you need, but for right now, we need to master this and well, I'll get to you. Um, It's also making them realize they are a part of a team. It's a very individualistic sport, which many sports can be looked at as that way but it's also a collective whole, which is sometimes hard to see when it comes to sports such as swimming or track. Um, it's all a bigger picture and we'll get around to everyone, but yeah, I try to see as much individualized as I can.
0: And the charter school that you coached at in Pennsylvania, was that a high school team?
1: It was, so it was the high school team and then the club team for U.S. Swimming.
0: Awesome. Did you see like any difference like between high school swimming and college swimming? What would you say like the biggest difference between those two are?
1: Yeah, I would very much say that uh, the duration of how much work you're doing as well as the intensity. So a lot of what happens in high school compared to college, obviously you still have those who are going through growth phase they're they have many changes taking place but they're also much more supported in a little pocket that allows them to have more rest even on times when rest isn't very present they feel a little bit less anxious to some degree Mm -hmm. um when you're now in college it is where's mom and dad where's my home cooked meal uh i have to go grocery shopping now do i have a car My classes, this and that, it gets a lot more independent and a high anxiety can really take hold. So even though you might find a lot of similarities in the practice itself, what goes on around the practice makes the practice be done extremely different. Um, So there's a lot of outside factors that make both experiences different to a degree.
0: That's a that's a great way to explain it, especially like going from we were talking about before, like from Florida to Rhode Island, where I went to college, like it was a big transition. Like, do you see that with some of the freshmen you have right now?
1: Yes. And even though a lot of them do come from Florida um, or Georgia surrounding states, so not as big as a jump. We do have a few from Oklahoma and Texas, so they've taken quite a quite a leap. But yes, absolutely. I meet with our freshman class um, once a week individually and do academic check-ins and I try to make them realize what they know they can conquer in their athletic ability, it can go the same for their academic. Athletes are very driven individuals so what you can do in one degree you can totally do in another way. So yeah, I see that across the board with a lot of our swimmers and it's just making them realize like, hey, you are supported. And a lot of what you can do, you can master on your own, but also having a conversation about it with someone can be very helpful with just relieving the
0: stress. Right. And a question that you actually asked at a webinar not too long ago, how do you support athletes that are kind of going through injury or kind of struggling with their mental health, but also push them to be their best in the water and even in the classroom?
1: Yeah. So a lot of what I've started to ask them is basically rephrasing the question of what they asked me. Um, A lot of times athletes in those situations and in general are looking to get an answer from another person, but when they're faced with the situation on their own, they might not know how to answer it themselves. So I tried to guide them in answering what they ask of towards me, what they can answer for themselves. So saying someone is injured and they come up to me and they say, hey, um, what, how should I go about this set knowing I have this shoulder injury? A lot of what I ask them first, I say, well, how are you feeling today? On a scale of one to 10, one being not so great, 10 being like, um rocking and rolling. And we find what they say so that they can decipher like, okay, maybe I'm not in that much pain or what is this pain trying to tell me? And then they get to internally learn who they are and then they start to answer the questions themselves and they feel like more confident, independent in what they're doing. So that's how I tend to take it to that degree. But then there's also people who go to the extreme. So it's also making them realize to pull back, especially with injury and with um, mental health. It's hard to know when to stop. Um, you're always pushing forward. You're always trying to excel. You're always trying to get that next thing. You're seeking. So, allowing them to accept that someone can tell them no because they're not going to tell them no themselves um, is also a way I approach it.
0: You're like the coach that cares. That's so good to hear. Like, <laughs>
1: I care a lot. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm in this industry. Uh, if I could be in it, just I mean, I, it is fun but to just do it because I want to and like not have to make a career out of it. Hell yeah. It's because yeah. I just love to serve people and I do that. And that's my leading passion. And then everything else around it is just what it involves.
0: Yeah. And like based on the athlete, I feel like can you tell like by who they are and kind of their body language, like where they are that day?
1: Yes. Um, obviously it takes time to learn that. Um, I myself would say I'm a very observant person. I like to see and do before I speak. So all of last year, so I got down here last September of 2020, and we were still strong in COVID things. And COVID is still a thing, but in regards to a shutdown and mandates and things of that nature, I took most, if not all of that year to observe, to see what these girls needed to just stay happy, stay working hard and stay knowing that every chance they get to swim might be the last one of the year. Um, And it ended up being that we made it all the way up until we were leaving for conference on Saturday. We made it up till Thursday and we had to pull out because we ended up having some contact tracing through, through COVID. So we made it this far and we couldn't go. So just seeing how hard a team can work with no competition through the whole first semester, mm-hmm. we had meets upon meets several in a week. And in Florida, you're traveling hours to get somewhere. Yeah. They were still able to maintain their GPA and then they were taking away what they were working for. It was just like, wow, these, these individuals are, are like tough cookies. So all of last year, I just wanted to learn like how they responded to things, what their mannerisms were, their facial expressions, especially. And that takes time as a coach. And you have to let that be before you start poking at it. Now in the second year, I can start poking back a little bit, understanding like what questions they're going to ask me. I answer it before they even ask. Um, so it's just developing that level of respect and showing them that hey, I'm here to listen to you first before I completely tell you what to do because you don't know me, I don't know you. So, yeah, it takes time,
0: right? Like, through the as like a senior from last year, like through the ups and the downs, like I give so much credit to this cl- like senior class for just going through it and like not even not like not opting out or any of that. Just yes,
1: yeah, that shows the love for the sport itself. And for just the the level of dedication. I mean, you all can walk away and show that to any interview, say, look, I will not give up. And this is why, because X, Y, and Z, and I've done it before. I'll do it all over again. Right. Um, so yeah, like huge pat on the back for everybody. I, that was blew me away
0: what would you say like as like a swimmer yourself what are some like the things that swimming taught you some of the biggest things that like prepared you for where you are now
1: um i would say resilience um probably one of the toughest sports out there um same with running like it is such a mental game there's no there's no game to be played it is just straight up endurance and it's you and your body moving So the resilience to keep pushing through the hardest and toughest of sets and workouts and know that it's going to lead to just less than two minutes of a race, like depending on what you're swimming, but what all that for just like two minutes? It's not like crazy. Uh, So definitely resilience. And I would also say that independent factor, like even though you could be a quality team player, it, you really make an impact when you bring your independent thinking to the forefront. So knowing that the work I do is going to get my back, um, the effort I put in is only going to move me forward to where I want to go. And of course, I want to bring everyone along with me. But if I don't do the work, even just giving towards myself, then I can't help any other anyone else. I can't be a team player if I'm not an independent thinker. Um, so that's, those, I think are the two biggest
0: lessons. That's such a good point. And kind of to like piggyback off like the independent part, I feel like if you don't take care of yourself, like it's very hard to like take care of other people and even do your part in the team.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. And you can only help even like take it, for example, of a relay. You can only help the next person that's swimming after you if you are swimming at your best performance or as best as you can. And if you're too worried about always uh, everything around you other than yourself, you're not going to be able to help the three people that are waiting for you to touch the wall if you're that first person. So it's yeah, it you have to help yourself. You have to make sure that you're doing what you can and will make you put your best foot forward because that's also just a leading of example. And I think that's the, the cleanest and most motivating form of inspiration, uh, someone can do is leading by example.
0: For sure. And I don't, I didn't ask you, but how long, like, have you been in the swimming world? I feel like you can like, kind of give a different perspective, especially from someone like that, just graduated. There's so much to learn from you guys.
1: Yeah. So, um, I started swimming at the age of four. I'm now 27. And I don't think I've ever left the swimming world. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I was blessed to be able to have the ability to swim through college at the Division One level and now coach at the Division One level. Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought that swimming would carry me this far. I truly thought when I had finished my last race and packed up my bags and like graduated college, I was like, peace, like. We're giving this a rest. This is it. Um, it only took not even a year later because I didn't leave the pool. Um, I tried to hang on to my athletic ability in the pool as long as I could. Yeah. Um, I was still coaching summer swimming. So I was like, sure. I'll keep swimming and blah, blah, blah. Then I got to high school, then us swimming. And so it all just, yeah, I really never thought I'd still be here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like that period, like did you take like a break from swimming after? Like how long were you out of the water?
1: Um, so that summer after I graduated, I continued to swim. So I hung on to that endurance through that summer. Mm-hmm. Once it started to become full and I was no longer coaching summer swimming, um, because there's like little summer swim leagues back up to where I'm at home. Yeah. Um, and I en- ended up getting a corporate job, I started to pick up running. And while I was at uh, the William Penn charter school, uh, I was coaching swimming, but then they also asked me to help coach cross country for the okay. high school. And they were like, Liz, like, you'll be great. They need someone to make sure they're, they're good on their long runs. Like you can go and run with them. So then I got into running And I would go on the runs as they did practice. We'd go through the trails, like cross country is an underrated sport. If you're a swimmer and like, that's where I start to gravitate towards. So now even for my personal fun, like I actually have my, uh, my third half marathon coming up this weekend Mm -hmm. and enter in long races. And then like, it all just unfolds from there. So I gave up swimming a bit personally in regards to being in the water for probably up until now. And even last year, I stood around a pool for an entire year. Can't say I ever really got in because we wouldn't even have a pool here on campus. So we were traveling. Now, with a pool here on campus, I've probably swam at least six times now. So I stand around pools more than I'm in them
0: swimming that's funny it just all came full circle
1: yes yeah I mean I really admire a good looking pool but to get in it so harder than I mean you very well know the hardest part about starting practice is starting practice getting Mm. in the pool getting that cold like oh my god um putting on a suit like once you start to get further into the real world um there is not enough time for transition, like to really slow down, say, yeah, I'm going to throw on a suit and I'm going to go spend 45 to an hour 15 in the pool, then dry off, then take a shower that no it doesn't exist. Right. No.
0: Especially in like Florida, like, cause I remember like vivid, like my meets when I was like 10, like we would have like parkas, it'd be like 50 degrees out and we'd be swimming outside. So I really commend like all the people that swim outside. Oh,
1: you're telling me, I know i am over here. I threw out on my Ugg boots today. I can't remember the last time I had those out. Yeah. And then like, I'm seeing these girls like jump in with their suits on. I'm like I'm over here bundled up. I'm not, I'm not unbundling for the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like I can easily throw on a pair of sneakers and go run three to four miles during my lunchtime yeah. Then hop in a pool. So yeah, I've definitely have left from the inside of the pool, but now I'm more around the outside.
0: Yeah, no, that that's awesome. And like in terms of like goal setting, like how have you gone about that as like a retired athlete?
1: Yeah. So continuing to set goals in everything is essential, but especially to feed your athletic soul. Um, I think the biggest thing what I found was I always had to keep a certain level of physical activity for to be able to complete a personal training cert, especially for the kettlebell realm, the certifications is you passing the test itself. No written, it's all movement with the the kettlebell and meeting the weight of your body weight. So it's all physical tests. Um, So finding a path of something that you wanna always work towards, like even if you're not in the fitness industry, if you want to get a certification in something doesn't mean you can't get a certification in something. It's kind of just like your are ticking tally mark of like, OK, I passed this. What's next? Awesome. I got that. What's this? Um, signing myself up every fall for some sort of running race. I know that there is a training phase that needs to be done. So I don't feel like I can't make it to the end. Right. So I always pick something that I wanna be able to focus on. And I create seasons in a whole year. like Just like you would as an athlete, you had a season. Right. Even though swimming was year round, you train differently in different seasons. Right. Um, for me, I love to go and ski. So I'm in the spring, and in the, in the winter, gonna make sure that my legs are strong, my back is healthy, I have no injuries, so that by the time I'm going out West, I'm having the time of my life skiing down the deepest of slopes. And then in the summer, it's kind of like you give it a try. What do you what do you want to do that makes you happy? Because during the summer, we can all find a little bit more free time. So mm-hmm. like try the new fitness studio. Um, pick up a program that's interested you and see if you like it. So there's always time to reset and redo, but I always have a goal for a particular season.
0: Wow. I love that. Like training by the seasons. I've never heard of that, but I, I'm definitely gonna try that, especially where yeah. I'm
1: I found that to be the most helpful. Where it goes wrong is when you're just continuing to pull at different workouts all the time. Um, We're very progression based humans. We like to see something start and finish. Mm -hmm. So know that when you do start something, it's not just, I mean, I definitely got caught in the, oh, how can I look thin? How can I have a caloric deficit just to get abs? Um, Like I was in, a state of who knows what darkness to say the least. (laughs) Um, And once I got out of that, the maintenance of knowing you're on a program is so much more of a longevity road than it is for that short-term good picture on Instagram, or I'm going to look great in this dress for this event. Like you can have a little bit of that, but that's not going to serve you long term, so it's just thinking long term picture, having a plan, seeing one plan through, and knowing another one's going to start.
0: No, that's that's such a big thing. Like I found in retirement, like your motives for working out definitely change because with swimming, it was always, always to like reach a goal and like be you were accountable to a team. But now you're kind of working out based like more for like how it makes you feel and just like for your health instead of just right. like for a time, you know.
1: Absolutely, and since you're done that one phase of athleticism doesn't mean your athleticism has gone away. You Mm -hmm. have so much potential to figure out what else you're really good at. Like, Mm -hmm. even though you were a swimmer, you still were weight, were in the weight room and training in that regard, maybe explore like, Ooh, can I get better at my one rep max or wow. Can I get a little bit lighter on my feet to be more agility based? I mean, I've been in the water my whole life. Like I trip over my own two feet when I'm on land. So right. it's like figuring out, okay, I am an athlete and swimmers coming out of the water. We're in the most agility base, but we get this whole rep like, oh, you guys can't run. You're you're sea turtles or like whatever. So right. explore it where it calls your name because you can probably do it.
0: Yeah, that, that's such a good point. Like you, you can, like you're, I think, People often like think they peak in college, like athletically, but I've seen like people do better and like even master swimming, like they get best times as masters instead of like college.
1: (laughs) Yes. I think if I were to actually retrain and with the mentality I have now, I have a really good feeling. I could probably beat some of my best times. If I were to really want to throw it at it, heck yeah. Um, Even the strength I have now, like I just, I'm like man but then I I know that this strength was supposed to happen now everything beforehand was supposed to happen then so yeah it's like now my I'm, like, I'm at probably my best like performance that I could be and I'm no longer competing and that's okay
0: that's awesome did you try like anything like more team-based like master swimming or even CrossFit when you were done swimming did you like miss that sense of community
1: yeah so um I was actually not always just swimming growing up. I played field hockey through high school and I almost went off to college to, to play field hockey. I was even looking to maybe find a D2 school, D3 and play both. So I was pretty much torn to the mix until I just went for swimming. Um, so I always had some sort of a, yeah, an out of water community to resort to. Um, I've always been a part of a gym. I always knew where to find the like minded people. So, yeah, I always just found myself gravitating back to um, a run club, especially down here in Florida, like right. picked up run clubs. Um, my friends and I would go crank out the hockey sticks and we'd be like, yeah, let's pass the ball around. um I'd try a new studio. Um, I always just wanted to be active and in in the realm of what other people were doing that I liked. So yeah, always just looking for that thing to try and being open minded to meeting new people. I think it's the best thing.
0: Yeah, like especially in college, like I think living with different people is probably one of the best things I could have done. Like, do you feel like that might have been like? Did you have like people like outside of the pool that you kind of talked with?
1: I did to an extent. So a lot of the I, I roomed with swimmers all four years. Um, That was a unique experience. And there were other teammates who ended up rooming with outside of the team. Um, our team was so big that it almost felt like we didn't have to reach out. Um, We also had a men's team.
0: So right. it's like we were yeah. basically
1: our own fraternity and sorority, like thrown into the yeah. swimming world. Yeah. So uh, there were definitely moments I look back and I wish that I gravitated more outside of just the swimming community. Like I had my friends on other sporting teams, but it wasn't to the extent of how I knew my fellow swimmers. So that I wish I explored more of. Um, but now I just do it now. It's like, I don't stick around just one group of people. Like I love to like my one friend here. Yeah, let's Let's meet these people. Like, oh, you guys know this person? And then you'll just see how much smaller this world is. Yeah, Um, And it's so much more fun that way. So yeah, I didn't really reach out much, but I kind of wish I did.
0: I I feel that to like a very big extent because my team like also had a men's team, my college team. And Mm -hmm. it was like hard to reach out to like people because you know, you'd eat in the cafeteria. Like there was always someone sitting down that you could sit with from the teams.
1: Exactly, totally. And yeah, I really felt almost like, was I socially awkward? I started to really think I was like, I'm an extrovert. I do have my introverted moments, but then I was really, do I, I don't really branch out. Like I didn't even know how to, I was starting to become very socially awkward. Um, especially right out of college. So yeah, I would say to college swimmers now don't be afraid or any college athlete or even any person in college. Don't be afraid to step outside your box. Um, it's only going to help you manage through knowing what you might like outside of what you've been not really forced to like, but by this point, it's just like, eh, it is what it is. Like, yeah, okay, I'm a swimmer. But there's so much more to figure out. Uh, so starting it sooner than later can only help the transition go a little bit smoother.
0: Yeah. Just like sitting with different people at lunch.
1: Yeah. Joining a study group that doesn't involve one of your other teammates um knowing that there might be a club on a team that is a of a school that incorporates a hobby that always sparks your interest like you're artistic but you only draw in your room like maybe just being a part of the a club is cool that's a non-athletic club right. um yeah i could say I definitely didn't do that any club i was a part of it had something to do with athletics yeah. Then again, I love sports. That's why I've never left. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that is my hobby. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a good hobby.
1: Yeah. It's not a bad one. It's cool.
0: So just kind of like as like a PT and swimming nerd, like have you found that technique kind of helps with like better technique helps with injury prevention in terms of swimming?
1: Yes. We have a few swimmers who have very straight arm strokes. Um, I pray for their shoulders. Um, I really wish I knew more of the muscular identification and understanding of their purpose to the sport itself. Um, because my lat strength that I have now through kettlebells, I wish I had as a backstroker. Like it makes the correlation to things that you do even outside the pool makes so much more sense. And everything that you do outside the pool into the pool makes so much more sense. So, yes, I think the, the longevity, health of PT technique, things of that nature goes such a long way, but it's very underrated because it's tasking and people don't want more tasks in their day. Right. So it's like, well, do you want to have such an injury where you can't do anything or do you want to add just 10 extra minutes to your day to do something here and keep going?
0: Right, like something I've kind of found because I was injured my freshman year is like just the way you end swimming because I thought like I had an ankle ankle sprain but it was like very minor but with big injuries that kind of end your career I feel like injury prevention is like so underrated in swimming and definitely something we should like look more into.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, I very much know that that we highly encourage here. Like if there's someone, if there's a swimmer that comes up to one of us and says this hurts, Our first question is, did you see our trainer? And if they didn't, then we don't, we can't help you help you if you're not helping yourself. So Mm -hmm. we strongly encourage that they go there and we have strong communication with our training staff with injury of what, who's the, what, what's going on? What is their level? What are they supposed to be following? Having that communication really clear helps to let the athlete not try to find loopholes. That's what tends to happen is there's not communication where the leadership is, then they're gonna either just like uh oh, forget about it or find a loophole and say one thing to another person one thing to another person right. Um, so yeah, I totally prevention is possible.
0: even like when we were talking about before just knowing the person too is so important.
1: Yeah the the way that they push themselves um, is very important to try and learn and know um, it really helps just to create a rapport that they m- might even become more more trusting of you to be able to share more with you right. um i know a lot of athletes go through um difficulty with nutrition Whether it's just knowing what to eat, when to eat it, where to get it, how to prepare it, and even if they have a good relationship with food or not. I mean, going back to when I retired, the reason I didn't perform the way I wanted to at the end was because I didn't find that I was putting my performance and my worth very much in correlation with each other. And where my worth stood was what my physical appearance was and where my physical appearance was related to my nutrition. So I thought if I restrict, this gets better. I'm, I feel more worthy because I'm in control. Um, but all that led to not having the good performance, which is what I was there for. Um, so having the conversation and coaches being on top of staying educated, um, I'm currently working towards a sports nutritional coaching certification. And that's just because I love to decrease the questions and increase the support as a coach. So seeing that there's a lack of that, and I personally had that lack, um, only made me wanna dive into learning it. So then I can help everyone else who I work with, make sure that even when they're here now, they're aiding to their performance. And when they leave, they know how to properly know that fueling yourself is just for living; it's not your worth.
0: No, I could I could talk about so many points that that you just said, especially like the relationship with food, especially retiring. I feel like that was a big transition. Kind of not working out to working out to burn my food has been one of the biggest things I've learned, like just in retirement in general.
1: Yes, it took me till now. In these past two years, I finally was like. Liz, you got to get some experience with the clinical nutritionist, like invest in yourself. So put the money towards it. Best invest. One of the best investments I've probably made. Uh, Cause now I not only speak to myself differently, but I also look at myself differently and I even allow two rest days to happen in a week.
0: Like that's big. Yeah.
1: That's huge. <laughs> I mean, some weeks I might feel more motivated and I only might get one, but on the time I really can see the difference mm-hmm. and that I think we don't think about when we're athletes, right. but now it's like, well, I guess I have to think about it, but I'm going to ignore it. Now I'm just going to push past it because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm strong. I got it. Right. So yeah, having those conversations earlier than later can really, can really help the transition as well.
0: Yeah. No, this has been so much fun. Just like learning from you, a lot of this stuff, like I've been going through being able to articulate, but you all kind of said it in like one thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, this is like, this is what I strive for. Like working with people who are either going through that transition or even just having the conversation of seeing where we both came from uh, can even just make us walk away feeling like even just more, oh wow there's other people that have gone through the same thing I'm not in this alone there right. is my community there's my team oh yeah. look like we can just hop on zoom and it's like chatting in the locker room right, right. so I I love it I'm here for it
0: it's like what has been like your favorite tradition like in swimming like with UNF or where you went in Loyola So um,
1: it will always probably come back around to kind of in the phase that I'm in would be like those alumni events, being able to go back, seeing how the people who are still there now, who you don't even know, are still carrying out the steps that you had walked before them. Like it's the same cheer. It's the same way you did the cheer. It's like the you look at the record board oh is your name still up there oh who beat you oh is that them like seeing those things and then knowing like okay that lineage still continues uh it it puts a good feeling in your heart um would i say that there's something that we've done in the past not really i mean we were party hardy so that was there's nothing much there
0: Did you happen to funnel through a snorkel when you retired? Is that how you parted ways with the snorkel?
1: No. Oh my gosh, no. See, maybe we weren't as party hardy as we thought we were. (laughs) I feel like it's just a new
0: generation thing. I don't know. (laughs)
1: That might be. That very well might be. Um, I would have to check back in to see if anyone's doing that uh, back at Loyola, but not that I've witnessed here at UNF. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I'm just giving them ideas for later. But
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, even coming uh this year, we were able to host the uh UNF alumni. And even just being a part of that as a new coach, um it was it, w- it almost felt like I had people around because like even some of the seniors from last year and since moving down here, I've gotten to meet a lot of the swimmers who have graduated in the past some years who stayed in the area and I can call them friends right. so it's like it doesn't take long for the swim world to kind of gravitate towards each other and find find your people so yeah the alumni things are very very fun
0: yeah yeah that's awesome where can people find you like on instagram or Facebook yeah
1: so my instagram handle is the official coach Liz. Um, I also have a website it's com, and anytime someone messages me in the DMS, I'm always there to answer. Um, I do this because it's a passion and it's just something I'm gravitated towards. So if anyone ever has anything they want to chat about, clearly I'm a chatty Kathy and, uh, I'm a great listener, so you'll be heard for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach Liz, for sharing your journey with swimming and coaching. And thank you for listening to the Life After Swim podcast. Until next time.